When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The storm is over them. I'm talking like, oh, we're dead. So they run down and they go, do you not worry about our life? And he says, what little faith do you guys have? They just watched him do a bunch of miracles, but they're still doubting him. That's us. We know we're with God, but we still doubt him. Jesus looks at the waves and he goes, shh be still. And the water just goes so still that Jesus goes and he stands on the water. And then he says, Peter, come. So he comes, puts his feet out there. And then he comes closer and he comes closer. Then all of a sudden he hears thunder. He's scared. He took his eyes off of Jesus for one second and he sunk underwater. And Jesus was close enough to grab him and pull him out. If you're in a storm, it sucks. But why not stand on top of the storm? And the only way you could do that is by having your eyes focused on God. So he could tell that storm that you think is too wild. Shh. Your creator is here. Pipe down. I'm just playing. I don't fight. I do not pray. I only go the way of Mr. Yahweh. It's not often I sit down with somebody and they say something that makes me think. Brother, this was great. I love you guys. But you give me something to think about. My own damn way. I had a lot of fun on this interview. Any other traveling stories? Uh, we were in Canada. Yeah, I do. Um, so I, I just kind of want to, before we get into this, like, I don't know if you guys remember that I... Got the Apple Pro Visions. Oh, yeah. And so while I was traveling, I was not with them. You just see me at the airport like this. This is the <laughs> worst thing. It, it, listen, I didn't think technology like that existed yet. It was, it's, it's quite impressive. Like, it really is. You could have so many things running. It's so clear. You could have it where you're seeing people walk by you, or you could just be... Mm. Taking a poop on top of the mountain, and you could literally feel like you're on top of the mountain. It's it's that episode of Rick and Morty where he's like pooping and it's like out in the field and it's like beautiful. Mm-hmm. It really felt like that. And so there were so many cool things about it. But my favorite part about it is when I was traveling. I hate traveling, right? Like when you're in an airport like this for so long. And but man, you put those on, you're somewhere else. And like the environment they set you in. If you're watching something from like Disney Plus, you're in the Disney Castle or you're in the uh, Avengers lobby. Like it's sick. Um, and that's kind of the problem. I kind of, I kind of, I did, re- I did return it. <laughs> They're gone. <laughs> They're, they didn't make the cut, and I'll tell you why. I got real lonely in there, man. Like it, it's not as cool. We already when you're get just lost by in yourself. our phones. You're yeah. literally putting a phone over your face. And I got exhausted. I don't know if anybody. I want you guys to comment down if you guys have the Apple Visions, but like it would tire me out really quick. I don't know if it's because it's make like you, my like, eyes are like. Time? Well, because you have to focus your eyes on everything. Like in like I don't know. Mm-hmm. We and we noticed that early on, like he was like walking, and he seemed really drained. And I thought about it in my head, and I didn't say anything. And then he said, "Dude, I feel like those Apple Visions make me tired." And I'm like, "Okay, good." I because it like it makes sense. It just drains you. We have to put up a picture of Georgie though on the plane wearing his Apple Visions, eating Twizzlers, <laughs> <laughs> just, just so, sitting there like. And- and you just get up and then go to the bathroom and just walk down the aisles with this huge thing on your face, bro. Just like everybody, there was this one dude that was cracking <laughs> up. He was looking at Georgie walking like down the aisles, and he was dying laughing. There were some people that didn't think I could see them, and I, and I'll just be at the airport like just kind of like watching. Well, because you can't see your eyes through it. It's like a blue light. You look like a cyborg. <laughs> yeah, like it looks like you're in another me, place. Like, 
<laughs> and I'm like, I do. Look at this idiot. <laughs> I do. Uh, also, with the uh, something similar to that is, do have you guys heard about Neuralink? The most recent update on it. No. We've talked about Neuralink on uh, this show before. Mm-hmm. The uh, Elon Musk's thing where their brain implants. They're starting off with. This the, is I, crazy that we're talking. It's about crazy. This. this is even a conversation. Yes. But there's an even crazier update. So the so the goal for it at first is at least to help. Uh, people with disabilities, mm. like let's imagine you're, I, I don't know what the exact uh, use for it is, but like if somebody's blind or something, I think it can tap into a part of your brain and help with things that right. you need help with. Which is but incredible. the first person to get it implanted. Exploded. <laughs> just, oh, I thought you were no, like, <laughs> <laughs> was bitch, bitch, shut up. No, uh, it was a success and somebody can use a uh, mouse clicker and control it just through thought. Just thought. But what do they click? So they're clicking on the web page in wait, their mind? Like, where are they seeing? So it's, wait, do they... Wait, what? So wait, wait, what? They can Hold move on. a computer mouse with their thoughts. If they're looking it's, at a computer? But dude, Apple just did that with their eyes. You know what I mean? Like, a little late. You just, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but this is your brain. Yeah, but then I don't have to get surgery for this. I can just look at it. And Hold I'll, on. Are we so... Yeah, are this is so just the start. This is just the this start. This is just the start. They're not saying just that that's what's going to be used no, for. But, oh, oh, okay, yeah, no, no. But it's just like, are we so lazy? We can't, like, you know. This is for disabled people. Yeah, what the? What is what wrong the with you? Wait, what do you mean? Okay, you don't like disabled wrong, people? No, we're not cutting this. Please cut out what I We're not cutting this. No matter how many times you look like a genie, we're not cutting this. Are you kidding, Georgie? I didn't realize. Hold on. Hold on. Wait, hold on. It's not that big of a deal. I think that's the first start for it. But There's no way that your first cut you've ever wanted in your life was that. Yeah, you. We talked about you flooding the toilet you, in the you, hotel we room. We talked about you. You I'd flooded. Ra- the let's op- bring up all the things. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all the worst things ever. I'd rather be embarrassed than like me say something mean about. I didn't. But that's that was, that's incredible. That really yeah, nice. if you can't, don't have the ability yeah, to click on her, things. Look at her switching sides. <laughs> well, um, since we're we're speaking a little smack on people, this isn't speaking smack. This is just something that happened that was funny. We got back from Canada and a few days later was going to be Valentine's Day, right? And you know, I mean. <laughs> You can we, tell them. I don't care. What? How I feel about Valentine's Day. Oh, yeah. Georgie doesn't, like, have a huge care for Valentine's Day. And I don't give and a I shit totally about understand. Valentine's Day. You don't give a shoot. A shoot. I don't care. <laughs> I hate when people tell me how I should be emotionally with my yeah. loved ones. And also, too, for me, it's because if he, was, if he wasn't this way, then obviously this would be an issue, but it's not. But... It's truly, he makes so many days like Valentine's Day. Like, he's always wanting to, like, plan special things or have a special day or do something fun. Like, it's not like he just waits for that one time a year on Valentine's Day, you know? So it's also, like, I don't care because I'd rather have that than, like, you know, one special Valentine's Day. Anyways, but even though we had just gone back from Canada, we're so tired. This is, like, the fourth city in the span of, like, two weeks, no sleep. And we're, we only have two days to get ready to leave to go do uh, Candace Owens. And Jordy still wanted to put time aside to like take me to dinner, which was like, which was so sweet. Like I was, that was the last thing I was expecting. Like when he's like, okay, tomorrow we're going to go to dinner and we're going to go do this for Valentine's Day. And I'm like, what? Like, no, we don't need to do anything. Like let's rest and reset. Like you need to like figure out your stuff. But he wanted to do it just because he wanted to. Uh, anyways, I didn't even mean to get into this. Oh my God, you're perfect. It was really sweet. But so we went to dinner. We went to one of our favorite spots called El Paseo. And we're waiting for our car, right? We're at the valet. We're waiting for the car to come back. <laughs> I forgot about this. I what know. happened? 
mean, okay. This is hilarious. What happened? So funny. I feel like I feel like you should tell this story honestly because you're gonna tell it way funnier than I. I'm right. gonna tell it. So, me and Belle are. This is what we did. We went to El Pasteo, but we go there a, a quite amount of times. So, what did what did you order? We know. It's the same thing what every time. Yeah, we get we get gnocchi every That's time. That's crazy, he gets bro. The every time. So, oh, I'm okay. a, I'm I wish a, I didn't I'm a repeating ask. That bothers me so dude, much. So I'm s- we always go. We go. I go. They give us a table. We always walk away for ten minutes to smoke a little bit. Just you know, dude, we're, we're, we look we're not so drinkers, bad right? You guys judge us, but you guys have wine and you and you might have a martini and stuff. We don't do that. Yeah. We go around the block next to the trash cans where people question me <laughs> and giggle. And by the way, this is Beverly Hills too. We're like we're dressed very nice in the by the trash can. <laughs> and people are just drivable. Is that what? George Janko? <laughs> <laughs> and we're just like, literally just Belle and I. And she's in high heels and yeah. a dress, literally in the in the alleyway by the trash. And we're just, you know, we smoke weed. And we go and we're eating. We have a great time. Uh, you know, we, we have a beautiful night. We go, we're leaving. We we'll go to the valet. And this lady pulls up, like just, like uh, my 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 my, uh, my mom, my grandma, or what did she say, mom no, or yeah, grandma? Yeah, to the valley guy. She's, she's like, she's my, like grandma, oh, my grandma, my uh, grandma. Uh, my grandma, she she's at the restaurant, you know. She forgot her visa. She she does that a lot, you know. I gotta go pay for her dinner. And the guy, the valet guy's like hesitant. He's like. No, you, this is the valet. She goes, it's just going to be two seconds. I'm paying for the lady's meal. And in my mind, I'm with her. I'm like, dude, just she's helping her an old lady. Like, yeah, just yeah. go quick, yeah. just in and out, right? And the guy looks at her and he goes, okay, we'll just leave it here. Just go real quick. This girl comes back out with bags <laughs> with a receipt stapled to it and her app because she's a Postmate Uber driver food thing. There's no grandma. Out. She lied. And so I'm just wa- for the parking space? So in my mind, I'm just to pull up, right just to pull up and blocked all these people. Beverly Hills is different, dude. So I literally looked at her and I'm in my mind, I'm so like, I'm like, oh, that's so cool. Smart of her. Like she picked up something for herself while she's paying for her grandma. I'm still <laughs> so- I'm still in like believing her mode. Right? So the guy looks at her and just goes like this, and then I'm like, why is he so upset? And I'm like, oh, wait a second. And then as she gets in the car and she hits the send me to the location where I'm and I'm like, oh, she's working. She's there's no grandma. So I literally, bro, no hesitation. As soon as I found out this girl's lying, <laughs> you punch a hole through the windshield, literally in her window. I go, you lied like no, that. Literally, <laughs> you lied. And everybody's like laughing, gr- bro. I go, is there even a grandma? <laughs> and the girl behind me, she goes, there ain't no grandma. No, you lying. <laughs> And then the valet guy's like, every day, every day this happens to me, every day. And I look at her and I go, how dare you? You, wow. you, you lied Bro, to all And you used us. a grandma. No, literally. This girl is in the car. Georgie is like this at her window. Just you pressed lied. into the window. You lied. <laughs> you lied. You're a liar. Bro. I go, I believed in you. Like, and to me, it was just like, you got to call them out. Bro, yeah. so You don't got to embarrass them. You got you to call them out. You lied. You used a beautiful elegant grandmother that doesn't exist how do you know she was beautiful <laughs> because every grandmother is beautiful good answer it was just the, the way georgie was like is there even a grandma <laughs> and go, this lady, lady right here goes, goes there is no grandma like it's just uh <laughs> <laughs> speaking of drama you're like what <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> um dana white bro oh uh was on the howie mandel show yeah and got up Within like thirty seconds into the intro, something something was going on. There. I have a, I have an idea, and I wanted to talk What's to you guys theory? about this. Yeah. My theory is this. <clears throat> now I don't know for a fact. This is just from an audience perspective. Dana White 
was introduced as a guest, but it made it seem like, oh, we didn't know this was happening. And as a host, I would never express that to the audience. I feel like- What made you think that? Because I was putting myself in his shoes and I also was putting myself in the shoes of the host. And if I am hosting somebody on my show, I would never belittle their time and say, oh, this was unexpected. It's like, bro, like he's a very busy man. You don't make it seem like you're, oh, just taking this fly ball. Mm. And then he partnered up that episode with another guest with all respects to that other guest. I don't know who that other guest is. I do know who Dana White is. So for you to, to put a guest that we might not know with him and they're sharing the limelight, especially if he didn't know this, I feel like it's disrespectful. It was kind of mm. like, oh, we'll make it work. Come sit down. And you just belittled his time and his mm -hmm. efforts. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's what happened. I could be completely wrong. Yeah, it's. I feel like it's all speculation. But all I know is, is I watched the clip, and as soon as it cuts to, because how he does his intro for him, as soon as it cuts to Dana, you just look at his eyes. He's pissed, and he's pissed, and it 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 kind of looks like something might have happened before mm -hmm. they hit record. You could tell like, by like the. Shape. I don't know if there was uh, altercation or if. Maybe Dana was told last minute, hey, hey, just so you know, there's going to be another guest on with you. That's what I'm going at. Yeah. Like, to me, it's like, but you don't want to sit he there. He was, yeah. Mm. Also, he was not it's happy. like, I don't know. I just felt like maybe that I could be completely wrong. But I thought it was funny because he's like, yeah, I'm done doing podcasts. And we Damn were literally it. talking to somebody Damn to getting him on. And I'm like, way to go, Howie, bro. You yeah. just ruined it for everybody, dude. <laughs> I really wanted Dana White on. And I don't, I don't think he's going to be doing it. And if he does do it, he's probably going to do it for the full send. Which, circling back to full send. <clears throat> I wanted to uh, uh, say uh, shout out to Kyle. Kyle was, uh, you know, one of the sweet people that reached out to me and he was like, hey, man, I really like your show. I like what you're doing. And uh, I, I like it when somebody who's very successful in their field could reach out and tell somebody else, like, hey, I think you're doing really well. And I've never really hung out with Kyle too much. And it surprised me. I didn't think he was going to be that type of guy. I thought he might be a competitor and like, oh, we're not going to do that. But he, he wanted to be on the show. We planned on doing it. I think that's still in the works. But uh, I really liked it. So the next time that they posted, I was, you know, kind of now that I know that they're rooting for me, I was like, what do you guys got going on? And they had Dana White on uh, with this guy named Bobby. Crazy. <clears throat> right? His name's Bobby. Yes. Yeah. No, it is Bobby. Right? Yeah. I heard them say Bobby made because I didn't know I didn't know who Bobby was. I didn't even know <clears throat> Bobby was. I know he part started the podcast with Full Send. Mm -hmm. And I know he was doing like a really, really good job. And then I also know that they were having a falling out. And no disrespect to them. I truly just wasn't just uh, I'm not a viewer. We I'm not, a, I'm not an audience member. I, yeah. I know that they got a lot of cool things going on. I just I wasn't really caught up in the drama. Mm -hmm. I've not I haven't watched Full Send podcasts. I haven't. I watched the Andrew Schultz one when all of that drama was happening. That's the one you watched? Yeah. Because everybody was talking about it, so I, I really want to watch it. <laughs> yeah, it's super I, I uncomfortable. It too. Yeah. But I got to say, man, that episode, I watched it twice. <laughs> I you watched, watched it, the podcast I, twice? Twice. I'll tell you why. First you time don't I watch watched other it, podcasts. I don't watch either. podcasts. Here's the reason why I don't watch other podcasts. No disrespect to Full Send. I don't want to mimic them. I have my own thing going on, so I feel like if I watch podcasts, I'll, I'll like I'll try to like accidentally I'll mimic things yeah. and like the way their tone is, or the, I, I'll get influenced by something. So I I tend not to watch anybody else's podcasts just so I can stay focused on mine. Mm -hmm. No disrespect to theirs. You don't want to cloud yeah, your like sense. artistic vision. And, exactly. Yeah. What's up, guys? This video is sponsored by Lifecycle. Wait, 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 hold on. Before you skip because you're like, oh, it's just an ad. It's not an ad. It's an add-on to your life. And let me tell you why. I travel with these little guys. You can get the, the Lifecycle you know, kit. I might be saying it wrong, but I'll do an overlay over here, show you what it looks like. These things have changed 
my life. I'm not exaggerating in any way. I want to actually stick to this one right here, uh, the shiitake. Let me tell you why I know that this is actually real and it's not no placebo effect. I didn't know that shiitake, because I'm doing the whole cycle together, because it's all good for you, right? That's what my girlfriend told me to do, so I'm just doing it all of them. The shiitake one is for your hair, skin, and nails. I didn't know that this does hair, okay? Like a dummy butt. I'm just taking the whole thing knowing it's good for me. But one day I'm looking at my hair, I'm like, whoa, bro, like my beard is getting way more full and shiny. Even my hairdresser is like, your hair's looking really healthy. And I, I go, what have I been doing? What have I been eating something different? And I go, oh my God, it's the life cycle thing. So I looked it up and other people said the same thing. So if you want to be part of us, beautiful, healthy people, get life cycle now. It's in the description. Stop playing games with us. So, <clears throat> uh, but I watched this one because, uh, I saw that they had that Bobby guy on. I'm like, wait, isn't he suing them? And like, I was like, just kind of. You got to watch for the beef. I got to watch for the beef. And this is my compliments to the Full Sun podcast. Shit is real, bro. Like for them to be talking that much shit to each other mm. on the couch. I have to respect Dana and Kyle for having the balls and Bobby and um, and uh, 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 Steiny. And by the way, like the way that Bob was holding himself in the argument and the way that they were, it was just like I truly was. I felt like for a second I was a part of their friend group and I'm just sitting there watching yeah. these boys beef and I'm like, this is entertaining, bro. Yeah. This is entertaining and this is a really good podcast episode. So I watched it one time all the way through and I'm watching Dana White just be a boss bro like he was just saying whatever he wants <laughs> like listen it's hard to talk to somebody like that when the cameras are off <laughs> but for you to be like is it rolling listen you dumb mother like you just like yeah. go in and i'm they like lay it out how do you go how how do you go from i'm suing you i'm taking you for everything you got show me this goes online blasts them and then now they have a new contract to them he's the new co-host they dropped everything so like, is he really wait, joining what? Yeah, yeah what you didn't watch this no he's even part after of the show episode? again yes, dude. even after that episode in that episode they re-sign a new contract so after getting That's yelled at so for sick. how long That's was so the sick. how long was the podcast? it's entertaining like bro like i love real stuff yeah. i don't like yeah, fake yeah. stuff and this is especially real. At the top echelon of like professional but then like just all of a sudden ripping the script out from under you and just having a debate with two people just saying like fuck you fuck you like whoa 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 your language sorry <laughs> <laughs> because it's it's things like when i was listening to it i feel like we shouldn't be listening to it it's like did they, yeah, did bro, they like, like should they have cut yeah. that like so and that's why so it's like real. so yeah but like regardless of how you feel of any of them right mm. they still put it up yeah, yeah man that's that's raw and i and like i thought and that's the one thing i did like about impulsive right impulsive was like no put it out yeah, and you could you could say whatever you want about Logan, but he'll put it out and he'll mm -hmm. learn from it. Mm -hmm. So when I watched Full Send do that, I was like, oh shit! I, I get why people like watch the show. It's really entertaining. It's real. I also just have new respect for them. I don't know why. I just the way that they were dealing with the pressure. I just know that like, damn, if you could handle it that comfortably, you're probably really good at working, and you've probably dealt with a lot of bad things where you're so calm under pressure. So I just wanted to, you know, shout out and yeah. just give my flowers out to them. Yeah, I, absolutely. I, I think uh, I think that's a great podcast, and I just wanted to like uh, <laughs> just Dana White, bro, what a boss! Please come on my show. We we were yeah. gonna reach out. We had people coming to reach out to you, but then now you you hate all of podcasts. Thanks, Howie. Thanks, Howie. Um, <laughs> I have uh, the comments we were talking about, mm. uh, and there were there was a comment that was written down, and this mm. gentleman asked. He goes, "Hey, I'm not." I'm not understanding Luke 14, 25 Do you want 32. me to read the full comment? Yeah, please. For people's context? Yeah, please. Also, say his name, too. 
Absolutely. Uh, well, their their username, I don't think um, they list their name, but their username is P, P Sparkles, and they actually donated $50, which is sick. And they said, uh, hey, George, I'm reading the book of Luke, and I'm currently a little confused and wanted to maybe get your opinion. I don't know if you're even going to read this, but in Luke 14, 25 to 32, I'm not understanding what Jesus was talking about in that section. Could you maybe give your opinion on it in another episode? Love your content, and I've been watching for about two or three weeks, and it's absolutely changed my life and my view on so many things. Thank you so much. Um, thank you for that comment. Thank you for the 50 bucks. Also, you don't need to do that. Uh, we're not we're not going to be searching for who pays. I just thought that was a it was a tough question. I actually had to get help on answering that question. So I, I thought it would be a, a challenge for me. And so I read that scripture and just to you know paraphrase and go through it, um, it's when he's explaining, you know, picking up your cross and being a disciple. And if if you're new to Christianity and you don't really understand how Jesus speaks, he speaks with a lot of hyperbole, metaphors. Uh, uh, parables. He uses extreme conversations to, you know, explain things. Like, for example, if he says, if your right hand is going to cost you sin, it's better for you to cut it off and throw it into the fire than your whole body. And he's explaining hell and how you shouldn't. Uh, it's a very intense, but he's obviously not saying cut your arm off because he says <clears throat> respect your temple. And so I read this at, uh, uh, and to, to summarize, he's explaining what it's like to pick up your cross and that is indicating to be crucified. It's a lot of pain to be a disciple. You have to really plan this. And he says, and I think this is where he gets kind of confused. He goes, you must hate your father, hate your mother, hate your children, and hate yourself. And then you'll be able to be like a, 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 a disciple of mine. And when I read that, I understood what he was going by. But I was like, this is a really hard thing to explain. So I got on the phone with Cliff. And I go, Cliff, how do I explain to like somebody that he, he's explaining that you have to put him first. And he goes, the measurement for your love for Christ versus your love for your mom would be compared as hatred. That's what he's trying to explain oh. to you guys. So he's using a hyperbole here. He's using an extreme measurement. And then he uses three examples that will then reflect what he means here. So what he says is, if you're building a tower... Would you start by starting the foundation and start building up and then realize you don't have enough money to finish this? Or would you start by calculating your moves? And then he says, and if you're a king and you're about to go to war, would you send millions to their uh, war without calculating where you're going to go with this? Or would you plan the attack, plan if this is good for the people? And basically he's explaining the foundation of it. So let me circle back to the hating of the mother and father. Uh, my mom used to raise me and say this all the time. You will never love me more than you love God. And when I was a little boy, she used to tuck me in. I go, Mom, but do you love me more than you love God? Because you said you love me more than anything. And she says, I'll never love you more than God. How can I love you more than God when God gave you me? You get what I'm saying? You can't love the gift more than the gift giver. And you can't love created things more than the creator. And so she's put, she's put this line of respect. And I feel like in a society, it's very hard to separate things, but... The reason why he says you must hate your mother and you hate your father, but remember he says you must honor your mother and father. So it gets a little complicated, but what he's saying is sometimes when you follow him and you pick up your cross, a lot of homes get divided. A lot of people get divided. Are you in love with me to the point where you will turn away from the world? You will turn away from your parents if your parents are leading you not in the way of Christ. And that's a hard conversation. And he's explaining to his disciples, right? So if you're a disciple of God, you cannot be a disciple of God and 
honor your father the same way that you honor your father in heaven. It is an oxymoron. You can never do this because your father is full of sin and full of poor choices because he's a human being. Mm -hmm. So you can never honor your father the same way that you honor your heavenly father. And when you understand, he's explaining your foundation. Now, if you are a true disciple of Christ, the furthest thing you're going to do is hate your mother and father. But he's saying the separation difference should look like hatred. Like if you really, in the grand scheme of things, if you would see how much you love your mom and dad, say it's, an, it's a crazy amount, then it should be way more that you love your God because your God provided that family for you. So to be a disciple is to willingly and in hardest circumstances, willingly, to put God first. And as a disciple, sometimes it's crucifixion feeling. It's killing yourself. That's why he says you even must hate yourself because your own self is going to pull you away from God. Your own flesh, your own desires, your own point of views, your own life, your own circumstances, your own surroundings, your own environments. Like all of that is far away from God. So if you really, really, really want to be a disciple of God in this context, he's saying that I have to be number one, number two, and number three. And then maybe you could have other things in your life. But the, the, I just wanted to explain, and I hope I'm doing it in the right way. This is my first time doing it. No, this. beautifully explained. He's not explaining you to hate your mother and father. If your mom and dad, for example, I just want to make this very clear, is far away from Jesus Christ, and he's saying you must choose Jesus Christ first, as a disciple, you should be encouraged to teach your parents about Jesus Christ, not throw them away. And you should only always honor them. I'll give you an example. The way that I work with my dad, if my dad, this is, a, this is the best way that I can explain it. When I was younger, my dad did a wrong thing. He, he, he's growing up as a father. He has his first son. He's, he's going to make mistakes. And you, once you realize that your parents are you just older and they're trying to figure it out, and you got to give them grace. It, it takes off a lot of that anger that you have at them if they made a mistake. But my dad made a mistake once and, you know, uh, he kind of got wild out with me. And I think it was out of fear. He was scared his son was going to go down a path. And so he thought he would scare it out of me or discipline it out of me. And, and it came to the conclusion that my family was like, no, George Sr. in the house made the mistake. And Georgie actually this time, was not in the wrong. So my mom came into my room and she said, you need to go to your father and you need to fix this. And I looked at her and I said, I need to go to my father. No, 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 no. My father needs to come to me because he did it wrong to me. I was in the right. And my mom goes, young man, you will never disrespect your father that way. He made a mistake, but he's still above you. You go to him. That's the respect. You go to him and then you accept the apology. You don't have your father come to you. That breaks the order and balance. He's not going to break his neck because he made a mistake. Because you don't count every single thing he's done right. And the one thing he does wrong, you're going to treat your father differently than your father. Your father is still your father even when he's wrong to you. So my mom taught me there that regardless, there's still order to things. And God in this situation is saying that I must be first because your mom, your dad, you, and your surroundings will fail. I will never fail. Oof, amen. Wow. Thank you.
Nice, thank you. Whoever, <laughs> I love that. I don't know, whoever wrote that, thank you. That was great. Oh, I, I, did I feel I, like I, I needed hope, to hear that. God people willing, needed to hear that. God willing, I, I said that correctly. Um, you did. No, it was it was really. I really truly think that it was really well explained, and you gave some really good examples for that. I really enjoyed the way you explained that. Thank you. Yeah. Good job, bro. You should. There was actually somebody. Uh, asked a question and you kind of answered it a little bit in the way of how you explained how you prepared yourself um for the podcast and how you know you you wanted god to be in the room with you and so you prayed before and somebody asked it wasn't the questions i want to make sure i'm not yeah, pull it up. changing that question but it kind of goes back to that um i'm falling in love like you know my biggest fear is like talking <laughs> about god too much now that like we found this like the the version of me behind closed doors i talk about god all the time and the, the, like how we talk about the full send, right? I can watch it and I respect it because it's real. Yeah. And I think that's what's happening with people on this show. They're like, even comments are like, oh, I don't even really believe in God. But when he said this, it really touched me. And mm-hmm. like, that's a blessing. And sometimes I get really insecure and I'm like, oh, I hope I'm not like overdoing it to the point where people are like turned away from him. Because I don't want to be, uh, I don't, I don't. I don't want I don't want it to be doing it for the views. I don't want to be doing it for the monetizing versions of it. I want to do it because it's really me. And sometimes because I'm also performing and being me, it's hard to like understand am I doing this because I'm trying to perform it or am I doing this because I'm trying to work on this and learn from this. Mm-hmm. So I hope I'm not bothering anybody. And I, I pray that I'm getting uh, uh, better. And I pray that people that watch this episode and the audience members that we have understand that I'm growing and, and I hope they grow with me. And I, I'm going to be on, I'm going to be as, as vulnerable as possible. I, I'm in a position in my life where I, I never even dreamed that I would be here. So sometimes I get scared that it's going to go away. Yeah, of course. Cause you're only human, man. It's so yeah. awesome, dude. Like I really like the fact that I could just sit here and talk and, and talk about things that I'm working on. And, and it's, this is how I put bread on the table. Like, that's mm-hmm. crazy to me. Like, there's not a day that I wake up now and I'm, like, not abundantly grateful. Like, I'm just, it's so, <laughs> it's overwhelming sometimes. Mm-hmm. Actually, I, want, I wrote this down. I said, I worry about my life all the time to the point where it's, like, kind of bad. But I was reflecting on this and I asked God, I go, how do I, how do I see this? Because fear should be a good thing. How do I use fear in this good thing, right? Like, I'm about to go on a trip. This is a crazy example, but this is really what I have in my heart. Um, I, I get really excited at night. I get on FaceTime with Justin Hedman and Kave, right? And we're always playing Fortnite together. And to me, that I know it sounds like, oh, it's just a video game, but because we travel and we work so much, that time, it's so much fun because I'm just in the mm-hmm. moment with my friends. And then when I'm telling, they always go, oh, is this the last game before you go on a trip? And it usually takes a bit. Sometimes I enjoy it so much that I go, is this, God forbid, the last time I play with them? Like, what if happened something so heavy? What if something happens? So heavy. George is so Fortnite. heavy like this about so many things. Like, it's, it's one of the most endearing things about you, but he truly always thinks. This and way. I was thinking about this, and I, I, I go, I do this a lot, right? Like, I go, what if something, what if, like, this is my time and God wants me back, right? And this is the last time I play with them. And before I used to be like paranoid and in the shock of it, and now I'm just like, well, you know, I'm ready to go at any moment. Because I'm ready to meet my God. So if, God forbid, this is the last time I play Fortnite with them, let me enjoy it. So I literally sit there now, like, I will admit, a psychopath, thinking like this possibly might be the last time I play the game. So you, get, you, you better win. But I, <laughs> you better win, bro. But I enjoy it. Yeah. And I'm in the moment. I'm not on my phone, not listening to my friend talking. I'm like listening to him because I'm like, it sounds cheesy because I'm like, in my mind, I've, I've committed the thought that if, God forbid, this is the last one. How would I be behaving right now? And so I thought about it. Is it a bad thing to always be worried about things? Because my mom built me this way 
and I realize that I enjoy life a little bit more than my friends because I might be a little paranoid, but I enjoy it. So which means it's like, am I paranoid and overwhelming or am I truly knowing the value of my day and, mm-hmm. and honoring it for what it is? Uh, there was a, a pastor, and I, did I say it right? Pastor? Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, that he said something. I wish I remembered his name because this was a beautiful message. And I, I hope somebody could comment down because... I'm not trying to bite this message because it's a beautiful message. And I think God gave it to him, but I wanted to to restate this. But he goes, uh, I was leaving my church all the time and leaving my new child that I felt scared about. I might be butchering it, but I'm, I'm going to tell it the best way I remember. And so what he would do to to give his child excitement when he returned home, so she didn't think of her dad leaving as a bad thing, he would bring a gift. And the third time that he brought a gift, the child ran past him and went straight to the bag and was like, Daddy, where's my gift? And it broke his heart. And he goes, she just passed by the gift giver to go to the gift. And he goes, it was that moment that I realized, he goes, consistency sometimes is where we fail. We get so comfortable. Like, I would always, when I was growing up, be like, why do my friends hurt me? Why do they think they could talk to me the way they can or treat me the way they can? Is because they know I'm consistently with forgiven, forgiving and consistency with love and understanding their point of view. So they take advantage of my kindness because I'm consistently good. So they'll take advantage of it. So sometimes good people will be taken advantage of. But then he goes, how many of you guys this morning thanked God that the sun went up today? He goes, because if we woke up one day and the sun didn't come out, all of us would be losing our mind. Mm-hmm. He goes, but how many of you guys truly today thanked God that the sun went up? And I thought that was a beautiful thing because it kind of goes hand in hand with my paranoia, right? My paranoia, look, this is the last time I'm playing Fortnite. It's closer to God than me just being like, oh, I don't care about this day at all. Let me move on. I think you fearing that this might be your last time with your loved one is showing you how much you value that time with them. And I... I used to cry like ridiculously. Like when I traveled, these two know more than anything. I would cry all the time, be like, I'm working so hard to represent my parents. As an Assyrian man, you always want to represent your parents. That's what I was taught, right? How you behave is how you are reflecting on your parents. Perfect. So everything I do in my life is to honor my mom and dad. But sometimes I get so caught up in working that I'll freaking cry right there because I'm like, what if God forbid my dad gets in a car accident today and now everything I've ever done to build up this dream with him is gone. And I didn't do anything for no reason. Like, it, 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 it's just gone. Like, it was pointless. And so then I came home all the time now. And then it got to a place where I bought a place right next to them. And now if I'm not working, I'm right next to them. But that would have never happened if I didn't fear wasting time with my parents. Mm-hmm. There was a guy who was on Instagram. He goes, if you go home for the holidays, he goes, think about this. If you only go for Christmas or Easter, he goes, say it's two times a year. He goes, you have another 10 years with your family. He goes, it's 22 times you see your parents. Mm-hmm. When he said this, I started bawling my eyes. I'm like, no, this can't happen. <laughs> so fear if you use it correctly, could blossom in a beautiful thing. Yeah, it's true. You like took your fear and you're like, okay, what can I ha- do to not have this fear anymore? Yeah. And, and then and, you made it go. And now I made it go away because God forbid if anything happens now, oh, I've done everything I possibly can to yeah. make sure that I was good to my parents and I spent time with my parents. And I think this type of mindset should 
carry out with your neighbors because like let me give you an example i'll tell like people like for example i have a close friend who's fighting with her parents and i tell them the same thing that i told uh other people that fight with their parents i go i had a next door neighbor in arizona uh she was on the phone with her dad when a guy randomly road raged and pulled out a gun and she heard him beg for his life and the guy killed him on the spot and so they're just my mom doesn't understand and or my dad's doing blah 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 and i'll just hear them out and then all i'll do is i say you know one day i came out in my front yard and i saw this girl scream crying and and i told him the whole story and i go that's a ridiculous thing to happen but that woman didn't wake up thinking that day somebody was going to take her father's life so I want you to really sit here and think, if you're fighting with somebody you love and somebody else outside of your family and outside of your life took them from you, is that how you wanted to leave it off with them? Because not every day is promised. Every five seconds there's a car accident that's fatal. Time is never promised. Is what you're fighting with them worth that being the last thing that you had with them. Is it? And if it isn't, dude, you need to get your priorities straight. And maybe you're this type of person that just likes to fight. But the people that like to fight all the time, I feel like they just, they're greedy and they don't really appreciate what they have. Hmm. I really, really don't. So if you're fighting with somebody, I don't know why we got into this topic. I'm so sorry, but it got really <laughs> dark. But if you're fighting with somebody... And you're, and you're Christ-like. Remember the scripture doesn't say be a peacekeeper. It doesn't say that. It says be a peacemaker. And a maker will make it work. A keeper will just be like, well, if they come to me and they, and they want to work this out, then I'll work this. Mm -hmm. Humble yourself. Also, too, I think you put it in such a nice way with um, before when you're answering the question about the Luke verse. And that remembering that your parents are just human and they make mistakes. And yeah, of course, you know, everybody has different circumstances, different situations. Some parents, you know, might fail you a little greater than others. But I think for the most part, don't forget all the amazing, incredible things that your parents have done for you when maybe they have done that one thing that hurt you or that slipped up. Like they're just human trying to figure it out and literally trying to do the best that they can. I, I think when you're arguing with somebody, if, you th if you're only thinking it from your point of view, you have to take the, 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 the ego hit when I'm saying this, is you're selfish. If, if you're only thinking about how you feel, you're a selfish human being. Mm -hmm. If you're looking at somebody you love and you're not considering their point of views at all, then you might not even deserve that relationship. And I have to say this, I, I hope, hopefully it helps somebody, but God giveth but like a good father and you don't treat something right, he taketh. So really, really be careful how you're treating the blessings he's given you. Mm. Truly, don't be the example that he uses for you for other people. Mm. Because he'll get his way out of it no matter what. Don't be the example. Don't be the example. That was my biggest fear. I, I was always scared of being God's example of like, Hey, this is what happened. I mean, people are like, whoa, I don't want to be a part yeah, of it. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah. uh, you were going to read a comment. Yes. Um, 
Elmo729 asked, how do you enter a room with God first? How do I enter a room with God first? Oh, oh, that's And I felt like it tied perfectly back into how you used it too for your podcast. Yeah, yeah, this is beautiful. First of all, great question. How do I invite God into a room? God's a gentleman. So he just wants to be a part of it when you want him to be a part of it. I think of him as like my dad. And my dad is always wanting to be a part of my things, but he doesn't want to over, you know, overstep because he wants me to be my own man and do my own things, make my own choices. The biggest blessing and sadly the biggest curse is we have free will. So sometimes we forget that. This is the best way that I could put this. God is a gentleman knocking at your door. The devil is a burglar climbing into your house without you knowing. And he's in there and he's causing mayhem. God's just, hey, let me in. There can't be God and Satan in the same room. It can't. In the scripture, the devil can't even say his name. If you watch these gangster movies or ever have like a gangster ass friend, gangster butt friend, (laughs) they say, say my name, bro. Say my name. It's like this sign of dominance. Like, say my name and I'm going to smack you up into pieces. Go ahead, say it. If you, ha- if you have balls, say it. If you're a man, say it. Okay. My God's so mighty that the devil can't even say his name. In the scripture, whenever the devil's talking about him, he says the Holy One. Mm. Because there's power in his name. Why do you think people that don't even believe in God, when they get scared, they go, Jesus Christ. Why are you saying my God's name, bro? You don't even believe in him. It's because your spirit believes in him. And just like a cat whose hair goes up or nails come out when it's scared... Your spirit acts up. And Jesus mm. Christ is there. If you don't believe it or not, he's there. Okay. Now, how do you invite him into a room? Is by an invitation. God, I invite you in this room. I want you to be in this room. Please be in this room. I beg you to be in this room. Talk to him like you talk to your father. Dad, I know you're busy. I know you got a lot of things on your plate. But it would mean a lot to me if you could show up here. I'm going to this interview for this new job and I, I quite frankly I'm terrified I don't know how I'm going to speak I don't know how I'm going to act I don't know how I'm going to be I know I'm nervous but I know that if my dad was there I'd feel comfortable I'd feel safe there was a time I was doing a music video uh, for She's a Monster hilarious I'm actually going to cut around the day because I don't want people to follow <laughs> I did a music video when I was a kid I actually you could watch it. I don't care but I, I, I did a music video as a kid and this was my second music video and I wanted to be very dramatic and there's going to be action scenes there's going to be car chasing there's, there's going to be like all this cra- because the first one was a great hit I was taking the money that I made from that which was like 10 bucks and then my dad was going to pay for the rest <laughs> and uh, we're going to make this amazing music video I'm there, and this is the first time. The first time we did it, small production. Second time we did it, huge production, because my dad was smart. Before collaborating was even a thing, my dad went out, and he grabbed new people from college, all these people that were talented. He scoped them out, and he said, hey, you should do this for my son. You need a reel to show colleges what you're doing or your intern what you're doing. I'll pay for everything. You just show me your talent. So it's a win-win. So we're getting this huge production, but now my dad just provided 
so much as our God provides so much. And I'm walking in the room, I'm seeing hairdressers, I'm seeing dress code people, I'm seeing uh, PAs, I'm seeing directors, I'm seeing all, the, uh, and I'm little Georgie and I'm looking around and I'm like, oh my God, I'm over, and all of a sudden I'm like, oh my God, this is all for me. Oh my God, I have to prepare. Oh my God, do I remember the dance routine? Do I, do I have this? And, I, and I'm just, uh, uh, and I'm start, like I'm, I'm panicking and, and all of a sudden I turn to my right and my dad is unloading drinks for people. And I'm just seeing him unload drinks and whew, I could breathe because I remembered in that moment, I go, regardless of what happens, my father is here. My dad is here. He will never let me fail. He has my back. If I fail, we'll fail together and we'll see our way out because mm -hmm. my father is here. And I think that moment meant a lot to me because that's the best way that I could explain my relationship with God. I'm in Hollywood, everybody's satanic, but my God is here. I'm in this room and these people are not my cup of tea, but my God is here. And then through this practice, it became confidence. And now I could sit and look at a whole country and be like, I don't care what you guys say, my God is here. And that little boy became a man and he knows that his God is here. Practice inviting God into your life and watch everything fall into place. Stop asking God, God, I want this, I want that. Stop. God, what do you want from me? What do you need from me? What do you want me to do? And you'll, you'll notice like, the best way that I could explain it is like this. Oh man, I'm about to jump into something even deeper. This is, this is going to take a second, but I really hope that this marinates with people. In the Bible, Jesus Christ is with his disciples and they're on a boat and a sea is roaring, roaring. The waves are crashing like the time of Jonah. Jonah was a man that was sent on a mission to go save people by telling them to repent. But Jonah didn't want to do it and he said no to God. And so it made him so sad that he slept at the bottom of the boat. And he sat there and he cried himself to sleep because he was sad. But then in the future, Jesus was fulfilling the prophecy. So now Jesus is at the bottom of the boat peacefully sleeping. And the disciples are freaking out the same way that Jonah was. We're going to die. There's no way out of this. The storm is over them. I'm talking like if we were on this boat, there isn't like how we're getting out of this. It's like, oh, we're dead. There's nothing else besides being dead. So they run down and they go, do you not worry about our life? Like, we're going to die. And he says, what little faith do you guys have? You guys just watch me perform. He didn't say this. For, he in verbatim, he said, what little faith do you have? But let me paint the image. They just watched him do a bunch of miracles. And they're still doubting the man who did all of this. Okay? They know who he is. They have a hunch. But they're still doubting him. That's us. We know we're with God. But we still doubt him. We know what he's done in our marriage. We have countless times where he's prepared and provided. And in the new circumstance, the devil found a way to make us not believe that he's going to save us here. And so we're sitting here. And I thought this was a beautiful uh, message because uh, Jesus looks at the, the waves and he goes, shh, be still. And the water just goes so still that Jesus goes and he stands on the water. And he walks out and he's standing on the water. And then he says, Peter, come. 
And Peter's like us. He's like, what? I'm like, come, come out there. So he comes, puts his feet out there, and he's standing on it. And then he comes closer, and he comes closer, and he comes closer. Then all of a sudden he hears like thunder or something where it sounds like a storm or he's scared. He took his eyes off of Jesus for one second, and he sunk underwater. And Jesus was close enough to grab him and pull him out. And he pulled him out. And let me just say this is us. We take our eyes off of Jesus for two seconds and we're drowning. But the moment he took himself away from Jesus is when he put himself in fear and he drowned. But he put him back to God. He's breathing. So what I tell people is if you're in a storm, amazing. It sucks. But why not stand on top of the storm with your God? Why sink underneath it? Why? You don't need to be there. You don't need to be drowning. You need to be in that place, but not in the same circumstance that you see it as. If you're there under your turbulence, why not stand above it? And the only way you could do that is by having your eyes focused on God. Not on your surroundings, not on your fears, not on your doubts, not on how you're going to get. No, 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 no. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the light. I'm going to fixate my eyes on you because when your hand was out, you could carry me out of this. Don't drown underneath the storm. If you want to invite God into a storm, into a room, into an audition, into a meeting, into a family business where you don't think you could fix family business, that storm stands still in the presence of your creator because he created everything. So he could tell that storm that you think is too wild. Shh, your creator is here. Pipe down. Let's go. <laughs> Dude, you're my hype woman, doc. It was. You're my hype woman, bro. Wow, that was great. What a great story to tie that I could listen to story, story tales from the Bible for literally hours and hours and hours and hours. It was so the good. The stories are so, like, it's yeah. crazy. You know what's so yeah. crazy? My, my, uh, I have a spinoff idea. Um, for the George Janko show. I had this idea before I even had the George Janko show, but what I want to do in the future, and I was always scared about saying this idea and then somebody else running off and doing it, but maybe if it's meant for somebody else to do it, they should go do it, but I will do this in the future. Uh, I'm going to hire professors and, and geniuses to, we're going to read the Bible from cover to cover. So when we go to the part where it was written in Greek, I'm going to have Greek scientists or like people that broke down the Bible in Greek or if it's in Hebrew, like have people that are Jewish that speak fluent Hebrew and like they know the, uh, the dialect and the translation and we would go from cover to cover with different geniuses that have studied the Bible with their theology and their points of views and my heart and my curiosity. So I will sit with professors and we would learn together the gospel. So as mm. I'm learning, they're learning. And then my questions could be there for them if they have questions. And so that was, uh, that's going to be something I want to do in the future. That's really cool. <laughs> really cool yeah. How long have we been going for? Mm-hmm. I, feel like we, I feel like this was a good episode. I think this I was, was a really good episode. I was, yeah, I was, re- I was, was worried great. in the beginning. No, I really enjoyed this. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was a little worried in the beginning. I'm not going to lie. Because uh, I was but, scared that my, my exhaustion was going to knock me out. <laughs> Ironically, oh, what we were just talking about. Bro. And, 
And you know what's so funny? <laughs> I don't know if you've watched all the way through the podcast, but in the beginning, I was kind of a little out of it. A little out of it because I was in my fear. And then when we started talking about God, my confidence grew back, and then I started speaking a little bit more. And you literally, what you were speaking of, you reminded yourself of that for your own self. And you're like, oh, yeah. Could I answer that one question the girl asked me? Could you answer the one question the girl asked you? A girl asked me a question, and I wanted to answer Absolutely. It. Of course. Cool. <laughs> what was the question? Uh, I will read it. Um, sincerely, Farallon, she said, question for Belle, um, what is your advice on supporting your man's journey with God while still staying true to your own journey? I feel like I'm fully engaged in my spirituality and I want him to chase his relationship with the Lord without being pushy. And as soon as I said, great question. And I want to answer that right away because as soon as I read that, it came like to me right away. And I think that the best thing you can do is just lead by example and just show him through like your actions and the type of woman that you are. And, and I, and I think that's literally the best thing you can do without being pushy, without being like, babe, you know, you, you should read your Bible or like you should, you should do this or you should study. You should be closer with God because he might not be in a place where he's ready to hear it or, you know, he doesn't want to. And so, yeah, that might push him away instead. And something that I learned within our relationship, something that actually George has told me before, even in the beginning of a relationship when I wasn't quite, you know, my walk with God wasn't as close as it is now for me. But I, and there's certain things that I, there's certain ways that I would deal with certain situations. I wasn't aware that I was, you know, dealing with them in a certain way that was good or anything like that. It was just, that's just how I dealt with things. And George would tell me all the time, he was like, man, you know, he's like, I, every, when you go through certain situations, like, I, I really feel like I, I, I learn a lot from you and when the way that you deal with situations, because like, you're like, you're calm and you're patient with things or whatever. Right. Like, I feel like I'm like, myself. this is just what like Georgie has told me. No, I agree. Right. And so, and when you would tell me that, I'd be like, oh, wow. Like I didn't realize how much my actions Huge. impacted you and the way that you saw things. I'll explain what she's, because she's being very humble because she's talking about herself. But um, I had anger issues, just, just being honest. Like I, I was bullied a lot growing up, so I didn't know how to confront people. So I was either like, I was at a way where I'm like, I'm going to be super kind to this dude. And if this dude keeps trying to push me, then I'm just going to, I'm just going to fight him. That's it. Like I had no middle grounds because um, I had no way of uh, communicate. I had no communication skills. I didn't know how to deal with my emotions. And it was never her sitting down being like, hey, I think you need to talk like this or act like this. Um, I would just watch things that would set me on fire that she went through and how she was just right here and how she dealt with it. And how she dealt with it, there was no repercussions. Like, she didn't have to apologize for how she spoke. <laughs> she didn't have to be There's like, no oh, now I, have to, yeah, now I have to patch this wall up because I busted a hole in the wall. Like, there was like, there was only beautiful things that came out of it because she watched her mouth and watched her actions. And I was like, oh, I want to be like this. I want to be well behaved under these type of circumstances. Um, and I just told her, I go, hey, you know, you changed my life by acting this way. Uh, and that's a, that's a very, like, you're, you're, you're really, really spot on, Bell. When you were new to Christianity, I never said, hey, pray to your God now, or hey, read the Bible, or hey, this, isn't that. Nobody wants to be pushed into a relationship, right? Mm -hmm. oh, uh, yes, thank you. That's something else I wanted to get to. Yeah. yeah, nobody wants to be pushed in a relationship, but I thought that if I show her how many times I depend on God in my life, mm -hmm. and how many times he's came through, and I praise him through those times... People catch on. 
Mm. And they'll be like, whoa, like, I, I like how he deals with this circumstances using the gospel. Maybe, maybe I should try to do that. Mm. And also like, and I, and this is going to be a, a kind of annoying, but to say this, but guys don't want to be led by women because they were, they were raised. I need to provide and I need to lead my woman. So when you are leading your man in a good way, sometimes it's hard for him to be like, if a woman comes to like, you're doing it wrong. You got to do this because his, his own insecurities now pour out. Be like, I'm not gonna, I, I, she now thinks I'm lost and I, 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 I'm, mm-hmm. and she's going to go to somebody else who's more put together. And, and then, so he's going to fight you on it. But if you came out of love and, and you were just preaching by your actions, he, two things are going to happen. He's either going to have to catch up with you or he's going to be like, maybe this isn't the one for me. And sadly, maybe God's like, you guys need to be apart because you're part. Like in the beginning, when we were saying you must hate your mother, you must hate your father. Mm-hmm. You must hate your boyfriend in the comparison of your God. Yeah. And also, I'm going to give it back to you because I want you to finish this up. The one thing I want to add into this is Belle had so many issues with me that she figured out by just talking to God about it. Do you have any idea how many times I came and apologized to her about circumstances? She goes, you know how many times I talked to God about that? And I'm like... I would just look at him and cry and be like, God just answered my prayer. <laughs> like, I didn't have to, like, do this. Like, like God is so graceful and merciful that he didn't have me have this awkward, terrible conversation with him that probably would have resulted in a fight because he yeah. probably wasn't in the place to, to hear it from me then, you know? Because he led with example and, and I just got to see... God's work in his life. I literally just watched God work in his life. It made me go, hmm, wait, like, why, why, like, why do these things work out the way they do in his life? Like, okay, how is he able to, you know, take this situation and, and turn it into this situation? Like, what, what is that one thing that, that is common in all the situations in his life that makes things so beautiful? And it was God and it was God's work in his life. And so it literally just took him leading, just living his life and leading his life with God that it gave me the beautiful example as to what a life led with God looks like and made me go, well, I want that. Like, I want that for myself too, because it's so beautiful and it's so amazing. And and then it came became clear to me, oh, there is no other way. And so he didn't have to push me and be like, Belle, why aren't you reading your Bible? Belle, why aren't you learning? Why aren't you going to church? Why aren't you trying to have a better relationship with God? It came because he made me thirsty for the information. He made me want to chase God. Wow. You know? Dang, dude. You made me sound so cool right now, dude. <laughs> but, it, but it's true. And so then I think in the same you way. You saw God working in me. Exactly. I always give the so, example. You don't see God like you don't see the wind, but you could see what the wind does to somebody. You know, uh-huh. when the wind's pushing the hair can back. Tear down or, a, you know what I'm saying? It can tear down a building, but you don't see it. Mm-hmm. No. You know what I mean? And that's how I see God. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, that's a, and and that's that cool. happened in so many inter- in circumstances, like the way that he led his life in our relationship. And also, too, I would meet, like, I remember I met this one girl, Gavin's girlfriend, and the way that, just the way that her spirit is, the way that she lights up a room, and she has this something just special about her. And she explained it kind of very similarly to me how she felt about a different girl like that, where she met a girl and goes, man, like there's something about her. Like, I, I want that. And I felt the same way about Gavin's girlfriend. I was like, I, whatever it is she has going on, I want that. And it was literally that she just had the Holy Spirit firing inside of her and her relationship with God was just so tight. And that also made me so thirsty to have that, like just that, have that thing, you know? And so, yeah, anyways, uh, so that, that, that is uh, how I would put awesome. it. Just 
lead with love and your actions and he will see that in your life and yeah yeah i love that uh i Beautiful. love you guys thank you so much for listening Thank um, you so much. It's always hard to end it. I always feel rude because it's like, I feel rude when we say bye because <laughs> I let you say goodbye because, you know, you're saying goodbye like this, you know, you're going to say goodbye. But then I feel like because you said goodbye. Well, well said. There's, <laughs> there's nothing. I'm not going to go and say goodbye again. But then I feel rude because I'm not saying bye, you know? Yeah. So, See ya. <laughs>